The weird dynamic about Lev Bell skipping training camp and potentially but not probably skipping some games is that the Steelers don't appear very well prepared for that possibility. You got James Conner, no matter what Cavalli said earlier, he's not a number one back. You got Steven Ridley, who did start for New England in 2012, but has since been cut four times. It's a wonder he didn't bleed to death. And then you got Fitz Toussaint, who was on the practice squad last year. The Steelers could win regular season games with those guys replacing Bell, but maybe just not as many or as easily. And when the time comes and Bell leaves, the Steelers will have to rely even more on Ben and Antonio Brack. And this year, during camp and during the exhibitions, it's a different offense without Bell in there. Forget about better or worse. It's just different. It's a different kind of blocking and a different kind of execution, which means kind of starting from scratch when Bell does show up. So there's going to be an adjustment period, and that was evident last year when Bell did not get off to a good start. Bell averaged 3.2 yards per carry in each of the first two games and less than three yards per catch. But the Steelers did win both games. Consider that. It's just a sticky situation and one that couldn't have been avoided. Like I keep saying, there is no bad guy. Sick again, brought to you by 84 Lumber. Helping to build the right way since 1956. Uh, we heard Cavalli talk about Connor potentially being a number one back after Bell leaves. I think if the Steelers rely on Connor to do that after Bell leaves, that would be a mistake. I think they got to draft it back in the first three rounds. This just in, Brandon Cooks, the wide receiver. He signed a deal with L.A., worth $80 million over five years. Now, that's $16 million per year, and that's more per year than the Steelers offered Le'Veon Bell. And, of course, it's flying all over Twitter. Does Brandon Cooks help his team more than Le'Veon Bell? And the answer is yes, because it's a passing league. That's just how it is. I'm tired of this bitchery on behalf of the running backs. Like, there's some oppressed people. It's just how it is. If you don't like it, switch positions. And Bell may get his, what he wants, after having taken a very circuitous route. Circuitous. Wait, how do I pronounce that? Circuitous. Circuit. A very uh, unusual route. There, that's better. To it, you know, what would be in franchise twice, but... Uh, that's just how it is. And Le'Veon Bell is a better running back than Brandon Cooks is a wide receiver. There's no doubt about that. But which position means more? Ergo, who helps his team more? And who gets the most out of the most important position on the team, namely quarterback? Of course, it's Brandon Cooks. Ben Roethlisberger would be what Ben Roethlisberger is without Le'Veon Bell. But maybe not without Antonio Brown. Ben makes Brown, but Brown brings the best out of Ben as well. 
again, this running back wide receiver debate, well, it doesn't matter what you think or even what I think because this is what every single friggin' NFL GM thinks. 412-333-9939 is the number to call. Let's go to Craig in Portview. Craig, you're on with Mark. What up, man? What up, man? Hey, is uh, Le'Veon Bell thinking he's going to get money like uh, Bobby Bonilla for the next 25 years? Yeah, that's not oh, relevant. Any anything, anything relevant to say? Yeah. He said that he's going to try to get money down the road. He should just take the contract. Well, he didn't. Anything else? Well, he's not going to get anything. He's not going to get anything down the road. He's going to get yeah, he is. here, and that's it. Bro, he's going to get what he wanted. You watch. He'll get what he wanted. All it takes is one team with cap space that wants to make a splash. He won't win. His stats will suffer, but he's going to get what watch he wants. Watch ACL get blown out. What's that? Watch his ACL get blown out. Do you hope that happens? Ah, uh, yeah. I hope you He's choke a on a chicken bone. <laughs> Seriously, how dare you hope that somebody's life gets screwed up and he blows his knee out? If you disappeared from the face of the earth, no one would care. It wouldn't matter at all. So go choke on a chicken bone. Let's go to Kevin in the car. Kevin, you're on with Double M. Hey, Super G, how you doing? What up? Hey, um, I just got a question about... Now, Bell's going to have to have a super year because if there's like one or two backs that finish better than him stat-wise... Oh, I disagree. I disagree. I disagree. I think Bell will get the money he wants based on what he's done cumulatively to that point in his career. If he has... The only thing he can't do is get a bad injury or just not not stink. But if he averages... If if his average would drop to even like 3.9, 3.8 a carry, he'd still get what he wants. But what are the other two backs that are, that are better than him next year? What do they ask for the following year then? I don't think Lev Bell's too concerned about that. But that's why I'm seeing that's why he's not going to get the money, I don't think. He's going to get He should have took the deal for $12 million. No, he should not. Well, I mean, he, he got offered $14 million this time. Oh, oh well, I, like I said, I think he's just going to have to have a superb year. Otherwise, he's not going to get paid what he's Well, he's betting he's on himself. Won. Is there anything wrong with that? No, not at all. He's a great back. I, You know, I wish him the best, but... I just think that there's backs that come in every year that just surprise people. And oh no 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 no, they don't surprise people. There's just a lot of good. You know what's weird? The way quarterbacks play in college, the way the offenses are run with all that spread option stuff, you never know how the quarterback's going to translate to the pros, and that's why that position is such a crapshoot. And really, that has heightened the value of guys like Roethlisberger and Rodgers and and Brady and. Now that the rules protect the quarterback physically so much, that's why these guys are going to play forever. A, they're good. B, there's no one pushing them out of the league because there's no good quarterbacks. There's maybe 15 good quarterbacks in the league. Running backs, they come out of college, they're ready. There's a lot of them. Again, last year, six rookie running backs made impact. Well, four, and then two got hurt early. But but it, it you can draft a running back in the second or third round and count on him as a starter. Count on him. Let's go to Matt in the car. Matt, you're on with Double M. Hey, Mark, I wanted to get your opinion on if, uh, since there's a change in offensive coordinators, uh, maybe the system doesn't change as much. But with Le'Veon missing OTAs and uh, uh, minicamp, will there be a drop-off 
if he comes in at week one, week two. What do, what do you mean a drop-off? So last year when he came in at week one, he started off slow, but now he might not know the terminology. He might revert back. Yeah, the terminology is the same. The terminology okay. is the same. Do you really think Fickner changed the playbook? It's the playbook he administrated last year or helped to as the quarterback's coach. Why would he change the playbook? I'm not sure if there's uh, minor subtleties that he might influence or whatnot. But I doubt that very much. The they, they, they didn't get rid of Haley because he's he cause of the playbook. They got rid of him because he's a jag-off. Correct. They're Absolutely. not going to change, bro. You're, you're overthinking badly. Bye-bye. Here's a, a, a tweet. You say Bell will get what he wants, but failed to mention he could fail or miss another drug test, and no one will pay him what he wants then. Well, they might, because uh, the reason, I think, was his one marijuana suspension wasn't technically a marijuana suspension. It was uh, personal conduct because he got caught with marijuana in a car with LeGarrette Blunt, but he did not fail a drug test. So he's still at the same stage of the of the uh, NFL drug program, which means he'd get four games for the next suspension. So, I mean, you'd hate for that to happen, and I almost guarantee it will at some point. But uh, that would not keep a team from signing him. It'd keep, you know what? That might be a bargain. Let's say Lev got suspended the first four games of next season, and you sign him for that that $15 million a year contract, 17 mil, whatever he wants, then it's prorated. You only have to pay him for 12 games of that, and you'd have him for the playoffs which your team won't make because you stink because you gave a running back way too much money and it's not that important a position. 105.9 X. And now the super genius, Mark Madden. They're going to nail us no matter what we do, so we might as well have a good time. Toga, toga. The X at 105.9. I just saw the official trailer for the Queen biopic of Bohemian Rhapsody. It looks absolutely brilliant. Uh, you may recall Sasha Baron Cohen was originally supposed to play Freddie Mercury, but uh, he isn't, and I think that's good. Uh, the guy playing him looks uh, just better suited. And Sasha Baron Cohen's just too much of a goof. He just would have tried to make it into some kind of twisted comedy deal. I think Sasha Baron Cohen, I think Ollie G was funny. And that's it. That's the list. I thought he nearly ruined Talladega Nights. The only funny thing at Talladega Nights was the dynamic between uh, Ricky Bobby and Cal Naughton Jr. And the spoof of NASCAR, which NASCAR must not thought was a spoof because it totally played along. But uh, I will post that trailer tomorrow on my webpage. 412-333-9939 is the number to call. Uh, getting back to Lev Bell as we will do from now until he shows up, and probably even after that. What the Steelers basically have done over the past several years is invest in Antonio Brown instead of Le'Veon Bell. A.B. got paid 17 mil per year, right? Well, Bell did not, and that makes perfect sense. It's a passing league, first off. Wide receiver is more important than running back, second off. And Antonio Brown is better at wide receiver than Le'Veon Bell is at running back. Now, here's what Skip Bayless had to say about that dynamic on Fox Sports. Quote, I'll take Antonio Brown any Sunday over Le'Veon Bell. Antonio Brown is a difference maker. He's a playmaker. At his position, he is virtually unstoppable as both a receiver and a run-after-catch receiver, 
unquote. Uh, that sounds right to me, and that's the choice the Steelers made. Uh, Skip Bayless said that the Steelers are turning Le'Veon Bell into the Kirk Cousins of running backs, and that it's playing out correctly for the Steelers. Uh, as far as being Kirk Cousins, we'll see how that works out for Cousins of Minnesota. I do think he's a pretty good quarterback. Uh, but in terms of the lame duck type status of Bell being franchised till he leaves, that is a very valid comparison. Skip Bayless also drew the DeMarco Murray comparison like I did and said Bell is very probably well on his way to being worn out. So you see great minds do think alike. Uh, Jeff Diamond, the former NFL GM with Minnesota, he's in the media now because, well, aren't they all? And he said the GMs just don't want to pay big money to anyone besides quarterbacks, wide receivers, and left tackles. That's just how the pay scale is right now. And that is just how the pay scale is right now. Let's go to Bob and Cranberry. Bob, you're on with Double M. Hey, Mr. Man, thanks for taking my call. Right. I had a couple questions hey, uh, in relation to Mr. Bell. Do you see any chance he stays past this season? No. Uh, that's why I agree with you. And then you saw Ronaldo sign for that that big money deal. Yep, we're not uh, talking that- soccer, bye. See, what that guy did was he put in the token Steeler question because he wanted to talk soccer, figuring I'd indulge him because he asked the Steeler question. I like the way I've really taken control of this show. I run this show now with an iron fist more than ever before, but that's what they said about Motorhead. Is today National Emoji Day? I don't text, so that means nothing to me. Let's go to Nate on Liberty Bridge. Nate. You're on the Mark Madden Show. What up, Double M? What up? Hey, man, I just wanted to ask you, in recent years, um, do you ever recall another running back getting a uh, a contract offer as big as Le'Veon Bell did and turning it down? Well, considering that the second-highest-paid running back in football makes only $8.25 million, that's the guy in Atlanta. No, I don't. It, it, it's happened, I'm sure. There was an era where running backs were more important. And I don't have right. any exact figures in front of me, but uh, you know, I'm sure inflation has taken the figures up. But uh, I do not think he should have turned down the deal. Do you? Right. No, no, not at all. I mean, do you think the, the Steelers organization was more than fair with Le'Veon offering him this deal and him just kind of being, you know, outside of himself and turning it down? Well, I mean, you, you can't say that he, he should have taken it. Well, I mean, I would have taken it. That you can say. You can say that you would have taken it, and I would have. But uh, it's his career. It's his life. I I can be critical of him overestimating his worth, but he has to deal with whatever happens. Am I right? Right. Oh, you're right on, brother. Thank you for the call. I'm looking now at the highest-paid players in NFL history in terms of career earnings. I can't find any running backs. Then again, Michael Vick's on this list. Julius Peppers. Although Peppers kind of blossomed to be a pretty good player. But it's almost all quarterbacks. The highest paid player in NFL history, of course, Peyton Manning. 
making $248.7 million. Wow. And that's a lot of money, too. Let's go to TJ. TJ, you're on with Double M. How you doing, Mark? Great. Wait, hey, when was the last time a first-team All-Pro led their team to the Super Bowl? At what position? Running back. I don't know. Is today trivia day? Anything else? Thanks for the call. I guess the highest paid running back ever is Adrian Peterson. 11.25 mil in 2013. And he didn't win anything. I hate when people call when people call and ask something like that. When's the last time a first team all pro running back won a Super Bowl? You feel dumb when you don't know. But the guys reduced it to a trivia show. That's this guy worked with the 1250 Jim Penna. He did a show every Wednesday, the Trivia Train. And he would ask a trivia question, and if you answered it, you got to ask your own trivia question. And the next caller, if he answered it, got to ask his. It was just a nonstop for four friggin' hours. The Trivia Train. That's the laziest. That, that's zero show preparation. I'd be embarrassed to do that. I'm embarrassed by a lot of stuff that that I do do on this show, but my God. I would never do the trivia train. And he had this sound effect. And I used to imitate it on my show because even though I was a kid then, well, kid by radio standards, I didn't start radio until I was, what, 35, 36? I would imitate the sound effect. I'd go, trivia train coming through. Woo, woo. I think we've talked about that enough. Let's go to Mike in the car. Mike, you're on with Double M. Hey, Mark. I'm just, I just think, I think Le'Veon Bell, I think he's worth around like $10 million a year. Makes him the highest paid back in the league. I think that's more than fair, honestly. What do you think he's worth? If you were a GM calling the shots, what would you offer him? I would have paid him, I would have paid him 12 mil, mil to keep him. I, I would know I'm overpaying him a little bit, but I'm, keeping my offense intact for another, you know, what, two, three years at least, right? Right. So right. I would have given him 12 mil if that would have meant keeping him. But uh, they wanted to give him 14, and that still was not enough. Here's some career earnings. Uh, Edgar and Jay, uh, Peterson, 71 million career. Edgar and James, 68. Emmett Smith, 61. See, that's a few years ago, though. The running back position was more important then. Let's go to Cat and Blonox. Cat, ask Mark anything. Yeah. The guy from Blonox stops the end bomb. I can't believe that rock band, those nice kids, the Knox boys, are from there. And there's that one place that has really good wings that I've never been to. Or one, two. What a world. What a world. 412-333-9939. Okay, I'm going to talk about this one more time and one more time only because I'm getting some stick about it on Twitter. But I talked about Trump taking a knee in Helsinki. Well, what do you think he did? He put the credibility of a foreign leader over the credibility of U.S. intelligence. I, I can't imagine that a president would ever do that. 
I mean, to my mind, he has just lost any remaining benefit of any doubt. That was, I mean, some people are calling it treason, and I'm not so sure it's not. It's just unbelievable, and now we won't talk about it anymore. 412-333-9939. Stan Savard up next, 105.9. And now the super genius, Mark Madden. Mark, big fan, big fan. Good show. Like the uh, entertainment. There'd be candy bars, lollipops, and the occasional nickel. The X at 105.9. It's all Lev Bell all the time. Joining me now to join in. He is the godfather of the Pittsburgh sports media from ESPN Radio Pittsburgh and AT&T Sportsnet on TV. It's Stan Saverin. Stan, is there a bad guy in the drama between Bell and the Steelers? Did either side do the wrong thing? No, I really don't think so. Uh, I think that it may not have been ultimately the best thing for Le'Veon Bell, but only time will tell. Uh, but I don't blame him for holding out for what he thinks um, that he's worth. Now, whether he gets it or not, um, that's a different story. We don't know that, and uh, what he does this year may determine, or maybe it's already been determined. No matter how great he does this year, um, people may not be willing to pay him what he wants, but it only takes one team. It only takes one gentleman or one owner, more likely, who said, let's get a star in here. As far as the Steelers, Mark, the thing that struck me most about the events of, of yesterday, that the reports indicate that the Steelers upped their offer from last year. That told me how badly they wanted to sign him. Uh, they thought last year was too much, and yet even after he's a year older, 400 touches, another uh, toll on his body, still they were willing to up the offer from a year ago, which means that all things considered, and hey, it's up to each individual party to determine what's fair and what's not, but that seems to me um, to be a pretty fair offer if you're willing to up your reward after what was, listen, he had a good year, but we all know he didn't have a lot of runs over 20, wasn't as explosive, um, all those kinds of things. Yet still, they were willing to up the uh, offer to him, which tells me they felt that they did all they possibly could. Will Bell regret turning down the contract? I don't think so, because I think he cares more about money than anything else. Not winning, not anything but money. And I think he will get what he's looking for, like you said. Yeah, I think that there'll be somebody out there. I also think, um, and I don't want to give him too much credit here, I do think he cares about winning. Um, he played well and he played hard. I mean, that was never an issue. Uh, but I, I really think that somehow he got in his mind that he was going to be a crusader and that he was going to change the pay structure in the National Football League, that it wasn't just about him, and I don't want to anoint him with some lofty um, aspiration here, but I do think he, he wanted to change the narrative on what running backs get paid. Remember, he came in a draft where no running backs were drafted in the first round, and he was only the second back taken in the second round. Giovanni Bernard was the first back taken in that draft. So at that point, running backs, largely due to the bust that Trent Richardson was, running backs were being devalued in the game. I honestly think that Bell, because of the success that he had here, he is responsible for what Ezekiel Elliott is getting and will get. And the same thing um, with uh, you know Fournette and, and you know guys uh, and Gurley. 
Um, and I think that he wanted to reestablish we're not just running backs. We do more things, and we should be paid as such. Like It's a crusade, but I think it may end up to being his detriment. When will Bell show up, and how will that affect his season and the Steelers' season? I think he'll do exactly what he did last year. Uh, I think he'll show up uh, Labor Day, or I should say the Sunday uh, before the first game, whenever the he's obligated. Well, he's not obligated to. He can hold out till November if he wants. Um, I, I, his, his agent said in an interview today that most likely he'll skip training camp and show up the week before the first game. I will say this, and I doubt it'll happen, but he, in his tweet yesterday, apologized to the fans. I'm sorry, I wanted to stay, blah, blah, blah. But I promise you I'm going to have my best year ever. If indeed he feels that way, why wouldn't he report two or three weeks before the start of the season? After they're done with training camp, you know, Mark, none of them likes training camp. Nobody wants to go to Latrobe. Nobody wants to go to Latrobe. So they break camp. There's still two and a half, three weeks for the opener. Why not show up on the south side when they reconvene down there and tell Tomlin and the coaches and the team, uh, I want to be here for these workouts. They really don't hit there. Um, why not do that as a display of I'm in this to win a Super Bowl? Yeah, but I don't think he feels the need to display that. I, I, I mean, you're right. I think at the very least he should tell the Steelers what his timetable is so they can plan accordingly. You don't see any way he misses games, do you? I don't. It doesn't make any sense for him to do that. I think that you know, all that conversation, which was floated out by some, and I'll put this in quotes, uh, reporters, um, all that conversation, while, yes, he could do that based on the rules of the CBA, that to me was nothing more than a negotiating ploy. Well, you know, you don't sign me. I might not show up until November. But now, Mark, the negotiation is done. There is no more negotiation. It's etched in stone. Here's what he plays for. This is his final year under the tag. So that threat, that, that even, even if the Steelers said, oh, no, don't do that, there's nothing they can do about that now because he can't sign a long-term contract until this season is over. Yeah, but Stan, once he signs the tender, and if he shows up, like you say, uh, with two or three weeks left before the season, that means he has to stop smoking pot. Well, and I'm not, I'm not kidding. That, that's a big deal to that guy, I'm telling you. Yeah. Uh, well, I don't, know, I don't know how long it stays in your system, but I would think that the first thing that he does uh, when he walks down the water street is, let's see your water, buddy. I mean, I think that will be the first thing, whether that's in his system or not. Um, whether that's a factor, let's put it this way. Contractually, A, he would lose about $8 million, and number two, it, it doesn't help his situation other than, other than maybe he preserves his body in case people are worried about that. We're talking to Stan Savin, the Godfather. He's brought to you by the law firm of Shenderovich, Shenderovich and Fishman. They got your back, not your wallet. Stan, how much is left in Bell's prime? Because he wasn't really scintillating last year. Now, he was very good, but not a force like he can be and not a breakaway threat at all. Yeah, that's the thing that, that bothered me about him, and I don't know whether that's attributable. Um, I mean, he was in shape, but... You know, there's such a thing as, you know, getting used to being hit and finding holes and getting your timing and all that kind of stuff. Uh, but certainly, even in the latter stages of the season, um, he wasn't, you know, look, running backs these days, they don't run for 40 yards terribly often. But he, you know, he, he could turn a 12 into a 25 um, or even an 8 into a 17. That's valuable yardage. We didn't see that. 
So was that just an anomaly? Was that the fact that he doesn't have very good blocking tight ends? Um, was it the fact that he suffered from not being there during camp? Um, I mean, I don't know. That's one of the things where I kind of changed my mind about the long-term contract. Um, he's 26. I think he's got, at this level of participation, I think he's got two real good years left in him. Um, when he hits 28, if other running backs are any indication, um, uh, you'll begin to see a bit of a slowdown. He's still pretty good, but the question is, is he worth that kind of money at that age? But I do think that he plays this year. If he gets the big contract, or even if he doesn't, he goes elsewhere, I think he's capable of having one more big year, two more, including this coming one. After that, it becomes really, really iffy. Uh, I agree, Stan. I think the way the Steelers had the deal structured that they reportedly offered him, 70 million over five years, but with 33 mil front loaded for two. I thought that was fair to them and fair to him because there's no way they would have cut him after just one year. No, of course not. And, and um, if that was if that was the concern from Bell's standpoint of guaranteed money, how much more does he think he's going to get? Look, he already cost himself three million dollars by not signing the tender last year by by not agreeing to the contract because they were going to give him thirty million guaranteed for 16 and 17. Well, now he's going to play 17 and 18 for 30 million. He lost 3 million dollars, maybe he makes that back up, maybe not. Stan, uh, why do running backs make less than quarterbacks and receivers? I think it's pretty obvious because they're not as important. I don't think it's a matter of fairness. I think it's just supply and demand. It is, but there there the contention is that if you just call someone a running back, uh, are you taking into account what he can do in the passing game? Now, I think he's taken it a step too far. Now, he wants to take his salary and Antonio Brown's salary and average it out and get something in the middle. Uh, when you stop and think about it, I was looking at some of the defensive ends who got uh, franchise tag. Their value was $17.5 million. Are they more uh, valuable than a guy who touches the football 35 times a game? I mean, I don't know the answer to that. Uh, obviously, edge rushers are very important, but these are edge rushers who aren't anywhere near the top three or four where Bell clearly is in the top two. Uh, I think on this particular team, I think one of the reasons that their offense is so spectacular is because the threat that Bell presents. Um, it, it's not even the days of Jerome Bettis, as valuable as he was, I think Bell is more of a threat. Let me put it this way. He is more responsible for opening up the passing game than even a, a straight-ahead runner like Jerome was. Uh, I bet the Steelers, Stan, are better in 2019 than they are this coming year. That's if they invest that Bell money wisely, and Shazier comes off the cap then, too. They can invest that money wisely. It hasn't worked with Ben Bell and Brown. They're three great players, but you can't be all offense with a subpar defense. No, and again, I think that that is a bit misleading because in the playoff games they've played, they've played one game and one quarter with all three of them together. But I don't think we ever really got a look at what might have been. Now, last year's game against Jacksonville was a disgrace. Maybe the worst playoff loss in Steelers history. Um, but the offense performed. Outside of Ben's turnovers, the offense performed. So I don't know that we can make that assertion. I've always believed this, that the, uh, the old defense of the uh, 2008 and 2010, you could see in 2011, 
you began to see some stretch marks. You began to see that they were getting older, and that great core of great players, and they were going to have to rebuild. And beginning with that following draft, they began to draft more defensive players than offensive players. I honestly thought that they were making some strides, then Shazier gets hurt. I think the notion, however, of having more money to spend, that would lead us to the conclusion that, oh, the Steelers will take that money and they'll, buy a, they'll go out and buy a top-notch defensive free agent. When have they ever done that? Yeah, but if there were ever a time, it's when all that money comes off the cap in a couple, in, after this coming year. Well, you know, if that were the case, then this was the year to do it, um, you know, to get the inside linebacker, although there wasn't a great crop of players available. Uh, yeah, I mean, they'll put the, you know, they'll put the cap, you know, to, to, to good use, and of course a lot depends on, you know, what Ben decides to do. But I also think, you know, whatever money they get off the cap, it's just not in their DNA. I mean, they, they don't do that. Well, they brought in James Ferrier, but James Ferrier was, you know, sort of let go by the Jets. He turned out to be a tremendous player here. I just don't know that saying, okay, we've got X amount of dollars, let's bring in the best linebacker safety, you know, and whatever it is, traditionally, they haven't done that. Stan, great stuff. Thanks for your time, and enjoy Lev Bell Week here in Sports Talk Radio. All right. Yes, sir. Thanks, Mark. That's Stan Savard. I'm Mark Madden. Up next, we talk to Bob McLaughlin. You're listening to 105.9 The X. Now the super genius, Mark Madden. You're kidding me. That's ridiculous. You know what? I'm going to skip right to my original thought and just say, this is stupid. You're stupid. Thanks for calling. The X at 105.9. Here's a tweet from Steve. Do you think Bell is going to regret not having the Steelers O-line blocking for him? Don't forget Munchak has changed the scheme because of his style, and it's arguably one of the best lines in the league. Uh, well, Steve, the minute he gets paid, he won't regret it. I, I mean, I... I don't know how much clearer Bell can be about money being the first and only priority. He's going to wind up with the Jets or Colts or Browns. So he's not going to worry about, well, actually, talking out loud, the Browns have a pretty decent offensive line. But let's not forget, despite Bell being so great and despite that old line being so great, the Steelers finished 20th in the league last year in rushing and 25th in yards per attempt at 3.8. As I keep saying, last year for Lev Bell wasn't about quality, it was about quantity. He piled up a lot of yards, but really wasn't all that effective running the ball. His yards per carry, and the fact that he only had three, just three runs of 20 or more yards, well, that is all the people need to know. Joining me now, Bob McLaughlin. Bob brought you by 84 Lumber. Bob, up. Lev Bell's agent said it's about the guarantee, although he wouldn't confirm the offer we've all heard, which was $70 million from the Steelers over five years with $33 mil over the first two years. The Steelers don't guarantee beyond the signing bonus and the first year. But isn't $33 mil in the first two years really guaranteed? Because they're just not going to cut him after one year. They're just not. I agree with you. I would buy that 100%, Mark. And it's funny how the message has changed with both Lev Bell and his agent. How many times over the last year or two years do we hear Lev Bell throwing out annual average money? He was looking for $14 million. He was looking for $15 million. He's looking for $17 million because of the two positions. That's what it was all about for, you know, how long of a time. And then all of a sudden they get down to the numbers, and the numbers look good. The numbers were impressive. I think that the uh, the Steelers, I think, went further than a lot of people thought that they would have gone. 
but they wouldn't put the guaranteed money out there. And I agree with you. $33 million for those two years. Sorry, man. Do the math, Lev. You're above your $15 million mark that you were chiming on about, you know, over the last, you know, 9, 12 months. So he just wants paid. I agree with you. He's going to get his money somewhere because it's not going to be on what he's done so far. I mean, it's not going to be on what he's going to do for the next team. It's going to be on what he's done right, so far. And that's far. where the Steelers, and that brings my next question. There seems to be not an overwhelming response on social media, but there is the school of thought among the Nation that the Steelers dodged the bullet because you can't give that guy that long that much, even though it's Lev Bell who is one of the greatest backs in Steeler history. Do you agree that they dodged the bullet? I do. I, I buy into that. I'm, I'm, you know, I think Lev Bell's a great player. I think that he will be a great player for this season, maybe the season after that. I think the Steelers would do just fine having him in their backfield. But I think that the Steelers, you know, like I said, I thought that that was more than they were going to offer for him. Um, and I think they did dodge a bullet. I'll buy that 100%. Now, what about my notion? That once they clear the Bell money off the cap space and the Shazier money off the cap, which they will do both at the end of 2018, that they could be a better team in 2019 because they will get adequate replacement at running back and spruce up the defense. Yeah, that's that's what they got to do. I mean, that is the design. Now, right if now. they do, because because like uh, Mark Caballi pointed out, sometimes they have the money and they don't spend on that big name guy. Oh, they yeah. use that to shore up long term deals for the guys they got. Absolutely. I mean, we've how many years have Steeler fans been complaining about that that they won't go out there and get the big free agent signing the big name or the one piece of the puzzle that. Yeah, they would have to pay for, but it would probably, you know, pan out for them. Um, they're going to have the ability to do that with the numbers that you just talked about and with uh, getting those two players off the books. They just have to make sure. I mean, where do you go first, backfield or linebacker? I would think you'd have to go to linebacker first. Well, I'm shocked they didn't do it this year. I, was I, too. I still am, and I think they will regret having not. I was too. In any form or fashion, whether it was free agency, whether it was the draft, I was kind of shocked. And I'm shocked that they're that limited at that position right now going into, you know, two week and a half away from camp. Why hasn't the three-headed monster of Ben, Bell, and Brown won anything or even come all that close? I, I think, Mark, because of the other side of the ball, because of the defensive liability. Injuries, too, because like Stan said, they've not often been available in the same playoffs. Right, but when they were, they still didn't get it done. And I think it's because on the other side of the ball, you had too many liabilities deep, and you just had problems tackling. You had these shoulder tackles where you've got three, four people in that defensive backfield never wrapping anybody up. They go in for the big hit every time. They lead with their shoulder. And all of a sudden, with one move, the guy's getting another 7, 12, 15 yards. And like I, we watched that game yesterday on the NFL Network, 45-42. Look at how ugly that defense was. Offense put up the points, but you give up 45, you're not going to win that many games. Well, as I said to Rocky Blyer the other day, how's that for name drop? Yeah. we he, he was talking about the lack of tackling in football in general, how people do, like you said, drop their shoulder and try to bowl guys over, blow guys up. And I pointed out, Mel Blunt used to wrap up and blow up at the same time. <laughs> wrap there, up, there, pick up, and t- throw down. Right, right, exactly. There was a, there's a, there's a, a compromise in there somewhere that is still uh, much more fundamentally sound than also very damaging. That's Bob McLaughlin. He's brought you by 84 Lumber. Uh, just around the corner, we'll get away from Lev Bell for like about 90 seconds and then right back to Lev Bell.
because I couldn't do sick again and the opening monologue and the list all about Lev Bell. Or perhaps I should have. 1059 The X.